Welcome back to Bringing New Ideas to Life, the innovation podcast from Oxentia. This is part two of our exploration of accelerators, looking at them from different angles. In this episode, our panel of experts will discuss the financial support element of acceleration, the importance of investment connections, measuring the impact and success of acceleration programs, and the role of corporate accelerators. You'll also hear opinions on mentorship and the need for transparency and trust within accelerators. We hope you enjoy. Just touching upon some of the other things that that, that you that everyone mentioned on the panel to do with the the financial element and the financial support element of, of acceleration. I think you know obviously different reports, different statistics will say different things, but uh, on on average, I think around uh, between forty and fifty percent of accelerator programs offer either facilitated route to to investment or to to sort of you know those those initial discussions with potential investors or that are directly linked to venture capital investment or other types of investment as in they're being used by uh, venture capital firms um uh, at Accenture, we are exploring this model as well with hopefully in, 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 in the coming quarter, the launch of an accelerator program linked to uh, a venture capital firm where we will then use the accelerator program as a way of, of creating pipelines specifically for a venture capital firm. My question, my question to the floor is sort of how, how vital is the investment element? Not necessarily for the starters, because we all know that, you know, uh, money is required to 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 scale and and, and is required to 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 succeed more more often than not. But 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 from your side, uh, um, from your different perspectives, uh, uh, for the success of your own way of of, of accelerating and your own programs, uh, um, how how important is that connection with capital? You know, um, Oliver, for example, in 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 your program. That may not be the focus of the program, but maybe there is capital required in order to scale that solution uh, in Estonia to, you know, in, in order to, to run that trial, uh, they, they will need capital. So do you think there is an, an, an interest in connecting with capital? You know, Christina, when you're looking at what happens after uh, they graduate from your program, how important do you think uh, that that capital provision is? And, and, and maybe Bartosz, as someone who, who looks at the other side, how do, do you think that as, a, as venture capital firms, you should be working more closely with specific accelerators? Or would you just like to have, you know, the, the pick of the lot, uh, as it were, and, and, and invest uh, regardless of where they have come from? So I'd like to open to whoever wants to, to comment on that in terms of the, the, the yeah, that importance of the financial investment and financial backing alongside the, the sort of softer elements of, of training and, and mentoring in, 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 in programs. Well, I could I could say that you know, building a deep tech venture is intensely capital. It requires a lot of capital, and so our um, scale ups are constantly raising, <laughs> and it, it it's an important link to the investor community that that we offer. But we don't offer the funding itself, or we're not linked with a with one VC. But I do see more and more um, funders like banks and and VCs. Um, opening their own acceleration program. So clearly there, there is an, a niche and, and a space for those. What I find is that to have the level of honesty and, and, and trust with your, let's say, mentors, your Accelerate program, you have to disclose a lot of information. Some of the things that you wouldn't want to disclose to a potential investor or you wouldn't want, you know, investors, they all talk to each other. You wouldn't want them to, to start talking about the challenges as you're kind of planning your next fundraise. So as a level of independence of the accelerator and kind of trust you have with your advisor, your mentor within that program is required to, to tackle some of the challenges. That's kind of my perspective. 
but uh, I want to go back to Oliveira. You know, with Estonia, they're very good funds. I know they're closing their second and third, run, uh, you know, uh, wallets funds. Yeah, and uh, thanks. Uh, and we definitely, we, we definitely like the geography and the, the mentality of sell before you make. I heard this in the first time in Estonia, and I fell fell in love with it. It was uh, Oliver. You know, yeah, Agronom, uh, a company that's uh, from yeah. So we're, yeah, we're course, yeah. Yeah. full dis- disclosure. We're 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 invested in one of the funds, but this is the first. This was the first line I was told when we met. Our approach is, you know, let's sell before we make. And I was like, this is impossible. And they put this methodology in Poland, and it worked perfectly. So elaborate on that. The sell before you make. Is that really a sustainable model? Is it really like? A- Something that we want to be telling founders. See, you're asking a simple Gandalf-like question to to me, a hobbit. So I cannot openly say that, yes, Fabio, this is a sustainable model. It is a model that was implemented. It's very interested to the, to the fact where a country manager, basically a salesperson, offers a suite, a platform, anything that you know brings value to the table, but it's not 100% made. Okay, so the 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 inner workings or the additional caveats of of a platform are on paper in PowerPoint and only in PowerPoint. And then if you have a phenomenal team that likes to work under pressure and stress, I'm usually usually talking about the back end, the IT department. And within a matter of seven to ten days, they you know come with a working POC that can be with a discount tested in a customer and the customer is happy, then they scale, right? And they sell more and then they offer something more, which is not really done. But given the fact that the customer will pay a, a smaller amount for, for a given service, the, they have the capacity to scale the IT team to get this done. If I, if, if, if I can quickly interrupt you there, because I think, I think that's true, but very specific to certain sectors. I think, for example, Christina, the work, the work, you, the work you do in more deep tech intensive sector of med tech, that doesn't really work. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. No, 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 no. This, this, I'm not saying that this is, of course, you know, this is the beauty of what we work with. There is no one size fits all, period. Having, having said that, I do think, for example, in, in the med tech space or in more highly regulated spaces, the work Oliver is doing is extremely important because, you know, through Accelerate Estonia, that kind of removes one of those barriers uh, that for, for early growth. Uh, and, and then maybe that becomes a slightly more sustainable model because, uh, you know, you can, you, you can show maybe through an initial pilot or, or some sort of, 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 of MVP testing the, the, the functioning even of a highly regulated product, right? I guess, Oliver, that's kind of what you're trying to do and, and, and what you're trying to offer to, to the world. Huh? Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, um, even though, let's say, at a certain stage, the, the product or the service, it may not be able to come to market uh, due to some uh, regulatory obstacles. Then, yeah, we, we work parallelly with the, with the companies. So they're working on their, their product or service. We are working on the regulatory side. So we remove this sort of a headache from the, from the, from the startup that they, that they need to work on the product and then they need to work on the regulation. So uh, it's, it's super convenient for the, for the companies or for the startups to, to then focus solely on the, on the, on the product, develop the product. Uh, we uh, work on on the regulatory side, and then yeah, of course we 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 also help with uh, with piloting as well. So, um, and in ma- in many cases, the the piloting also needs support from the from the public sector, and uh, yeah, we 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 help with that as well. And and uh, as we earlier discussed, 
the importance of financial support, then yeah, we we do that as well. So uh, yeah, definitely everything that you, you probably mentioned, and we, we we do, and then we see the the importance in that. Coming coming back to the coming back to Bart's uh, notion of sell sell before you make, I'm super. Uh, um, so I'm actually surprised that you heard it in Estonia because uh, Estonians uh, by nature we are very modest and we we don't like to sell before we make it. So I'm I'm really surprised that you heard it in Estonia. But uh, I I know that we are improving in uh, in sales as well. But I'm not surprised that that uh, once you sell it you will be able to deliver very quickly so that's very estonian actually um i like that um I, i'll just um sort of steer us on to one last topic i wanted to touch on uh, uh quickly just a, uh, maybe like two, two, two small sort of elements of a topic uh which kind of links to what, what, what oliver just said uh, which is how do we actually um measure the impact that we are having and and sort of the the actual sort of measurable difference that uh, you know programs are making is it to do with with how much investment how much capital is being attracted is it to do with uh, more sort of um social impact metrics uh, how how do you anyone on 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 the panel here how how do you see uh, sort of impact and 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 how we should be measuring success because one of the interesting things if you look at some of the work the OECD does in in measuring policy and measuring uh, uh, policy supporting SME and uh, and startup creation and, and acceleration one of the things they seem to say well there's two things they say one is that not enough people are measuring true impact by running a sort of randomized control trial type impact evaluations on programs but also the other side of this is that that it does seem that certain elements of 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 programs create stronger and more long lasting impact uh, uh, within regions so a few a few thoughts from everyone what what do you see as ways in which we should be measuring success uh, for for programs well, I mean, my quick thought is, uh, you know, you're, look at, you're looking at, a, in essence, you're looking at the half-life of a certain accelerator. In, in, in essence, whether ventures that were through this accelerator with time where they're successful to a point that they're giving back to the, to the system. So suddenly an accelerator becomes a geographical point where it's easier to work on designing new chips right or getting getting your your ticket to tcmc or an, another foundry to to build your chips for example because you went through this accelerator because people that went before you you know kind of closed the gap so it's an auto regulatory feedback loop fabio you're 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 good good, good when it comes to this stuff right so so you know you have you have a positive net effect of of what you accelerated in the past i think that's really measurable impact the problem is that it takes a lot of time and and the end value you know when, when we want to you know measure everything this is not a, a not a neat kpi or a metric that we know but giving back to the system is is extremely vital showing that there is there's a bond and a community you know circling back and that really that tells you know uh, this is a picture that tells a million words actually in in my perspective right looking and and um and others, I mean, guys, I mean, how do you think? I mean, this was this was my quick thought. Yeah, just to add to what Bart said, totally agree with that. What we'll be trying to measure and look at the long-term picture is 
people who've been through our accelerators? Are they coaching and mentoring others in the ecosystem? We're also looking at, at are they taking other positions in other ventures, like NED sitting on other boards, and there's kind of this catalyst effect to the ecosystem. It's very important, especially in, a, in an accelerator like ours that focuses on leadership and like showing that leadership in, in the ecosystem. But of course, like the, the hard measurements are still required is that other businesses growing, what's the impact in terms of sales, in terms of internationalization, in terms of funding attracted and, and raised. That's also what we need to report and, and, and look at. And I, I also agree with, with Christina, basically yeah, you, you need to measure, because I, I come from a, from a sales background and I, I know quite well that you, you get what you measure. If you don't measure it, you, you most probably won't get it. But then, yeah, how, how do you measure success uh, then? Well, maybe if, if, if I'm being a little, even a little bit more philosophical, so how do you measure success in life, whether you have uh, more money or whether you're happier? Uh, how, can we somehow uh, sort of measure that in a, in a uh, startup uh, world as well? So, so yeah, you, you make more sales, of course, that, that means that at least on some level, you are you are more successful. But I, uh, I love what Christina brought out uh, the whole again, making making the connections, developing the whole ecosystem, and all of those spillover effects. Uh, I think those are important uh, aspects as well. Yeah, there's there's sometimes unintended. Sorry to interrupt, but there's sometimes unintended consequences. Like some founders we support after the program, they decide that you know it's not their role to lead a scaling business, and they prefer staying at the very early stage startup stage and they just you know eventually leave the business once it, it grows to the next level and that's kind of not what something that would neatly enter into a kpi dashboard but it, it it's a it's an interesting impact that an accelerator can have for that individual exactly so for example yeah if a, if a a really good programmer at one stage is being promoted to a managerial level they most probably won't be the happiest there if they love programming. Yeah, that is true. So I want to be devil's advocate, if I can, for, you know, we're talking about the KPI dashboard and, you know, accelerators that we believe in. What about corporate accelerators, where a certain corporation drives, is, is, the, is the cornerstone, the founding entity behind an accelerator? Like, for example, Base Launch, right? Novartis, Basel, Again, government, industry, hardcore, you know, platform for creating biotech, you know, scale-ups, et cetera, et cetera. What is their metric? Well, if I can give my, my thoughts on this, I think that type of accelerator is very much mission-focused. So you're usually working on solving a challenge or a problem, and, and an accelerator becomes a pipeline uh, that replaces open innovation, basically, right? It becomes an outs an outsourced R and D pipeline and an outsourced idea pipeline uh, that that in the end brings you an economic benefit because it's either cheaper to develop uh, uh, the technology or or, or or the innovation through that, uh, uh, or it's just sort of more efficient because uh, it's as if you had uh, you know a hundred outsourced R and D teams that are all trying to do something. But, but 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 the real impact you see there, I think, only works where you have a very clear mission, as in 
you know, this is this is an accelerator program which is aimed at developing a new solution for a very specific disease. For example, if you're talking in the medical field, running a corporate accelerator for the sake of of, of running the accelerator could either be done because you have a corporate venture capital arm and that you and you want to again, it goes back to that creation of pipeline for investment. Uh, or it could be done because you are trying to seek, uh, you know, m- more social impact, and it's done more of, as a CSR type activity by a, by a corporation. But but I do think that that corporate accelerators work when there is a, a, an alignment between a, a, a mission and a challenge that that company is trying to solve, uh, and a cohort of 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 startups or innovators that can provide that solution, and then it becomes a catalyst for development of that mission challenge outsourcing r&d yeah that, that, that these are my key points for, for, for this but it, it it is a different beast right it, it is a completely it is i agree yeah. mm. i think it, it, it moves into open innovation you know a bit more and and a way of kind of sourcing ideas from outside your own corporation with emphasis on the open yeah yeah, exactly. It has to be open, right? And 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 soon it's not just corporations that do this, right? Uh, I mean, again, going back to 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 Oliver, part of your of your remit is also bringing innovation within government and and innovating the way the government works by accelerating ventures that 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 may not come from within the country, right? So so it, to some extent, you, you, it's as if you are working as a as a corporate accelerator, also on top of sort of providing this uh, uh, facilitated platform, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, again, so when we when we compare or when we talk about the sort of like a corporates and then the, and yeah, on on the one hand, uh, I do agree that they they can provide incredible resources. Uh, on the other hand, they can be somewhat limiting to what the what the company actually does. In the case of Estonia, actually, yeah, Fabio, I love I love the analogy again that uh, Estonia kind of being like a like a corporate accelerator in that sense. Uh, we we are being a small country. We we need to be agile. We need to we need to react and adapt quickly. So yeah, as as a country, comparing us to a a, uh, a corporate accelerator, I think yeah, that's actually a a, a pretty pretty good point. Pretty good comparison in that sense. I, I really like it as well. I, my my previous career was in, in public sector innovation and I, I really like this idea because usually the government just plays catch up with technologies and trying to regulate them and just being on the top of the game and kind of innovating alongside the developments in technology, especially talking about AI application nowadays, that seems like a very good model to to try to adapt whatever is possible. Exactly, and as a, as a country, I think we were—I wouldn't say lucky, but in a very specific position when we when we regained our independence back in 1991, we had to start from scratch. So the good thing was that there was like no legacy systems; we could build everything from scratch using the latest the latest know-how, and I think that's that's one of the reasons Estonia has been so successful in in working with working with innovation that's uh, yeah it's a fascinating concept and i guess it, it it works at at the right scale as well i mean i would see it probably the uk government would uh, would, would would struggle to be as effective and as impactful uh, due, to, due to due to scale issues as well okay i think we, we, we i think we've sort of 
had a quite an interesting uh, discussion here. We touched upon sort of the why and the how of, of acceleration, uh, why we, we need to do it, why we want to do it, how we want to do it, uh, um, and, and a bit around how we measure success. So I would like to sort of quickly go around the room and, 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 and give it opportunity for some final comments. If, if, if anyone wanted to say anything, something that, that, that you wanted to share, something that you've, you've thought about because of this discussion or, or something exciting that you wanted to share about your own work and your own, your own programs uh, or, or the way you, you, you plan on interfacing with programs in, 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 in the near future. So very quickly, if you want to go around the room for some, some closing remarks, starting with Christina, if you would like. I was just going to add a point of the previous question rather than a kind of closing remark. I was going to say that, you know, in, in such a mature market like UK, where the capital is out there, it's, it's important to, in a way, there is no issue with, with enough capital being available. It's more an issue of being able to tell a compelling story of growth for the companies to be able to acquire that, that capital. And so we know that ventures who have been through accelerated programs are more effective at acquiring capital so kind of that's our role helping them with that and and introducing them to the capital rather than providing it yes well i want to christina you played the game this is like a a perfect pitch in a baseball game so um i'm gonna i'm gonna hit that ball you know far left field so yes this is extremely extremely important and i think you know, we talked about the, the issue that, you know, accelerators are heterogeneous, they can be focused, different beasts altogether. But that, you know, golden nugget of knowledge, that piece of information that these entrepreneurs, these, these ventures should be aware of, what type of capital is, you know, locally or generally present, how should they structure their financing goals? If they're, for example, a deep tech company, given the current sentiment and all that, how deep can can they go into the valley of death? Should they go super deep, you know, and according to meter technology, then spring back up because the inflection is is way up and the 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 the, the, the value generator for for such a company is so much higher. But will the capital allow this? And if you're talking with investors, ask precisely what type of capital it is. I must stress this locally here in Central Eastern Poland. Definitely, is it a grant? Is it equity financing? Who holds the grant? What are the metrics that you need to defend this grant when the company you know, receives it? What are the KPIs, etc.? So how heavy is the capital? And what is the cost of capital in essence, right? Do you have to you know, hire another you know, intermediary party that will actually do all the, the booking for you, all the, all, the, you know, all the issues that it comes with financing? To, to show that you actually managed to, to, to spend this grant wisely. That knowledge, unfortunately, is extremely important. It's very particular to a region, but it's a make it or break it for many ventures. You know, all in all, getting a, a decent repeatable MRR and then, you know, annual recurring rate, that's, that's all fine. But if your runway is 18 months, you will have to think what's next and the partners that are providing you equity, you know, how do they fit into this? And I think accelerators, this is the core part that they should really educate, evangelize, I don't know, do everything that they can to prepare people, even the ones that drop out from the accelerator. This is the one piece of knowledge that you should always retain. Know your money. Okay, that's that's me. 
Exactly, and I absolutely agree with with Bart, and I love the idea or or what you mentioned about say how how heavy the money is or or how restrictive the investment is. That's that's a very important point to to keep in mind. So uh, again, whether whether you choose your your teammates or whether you choose an accelerator or whether you choose VC or or an investor. It's really important to keep in mind or to to understand the fit, because basically it's kind of like a marriage, and you you don't want to be you don't want you don't want to be in an unhappy marriage. Yep, that is absolutely right. I think it was Brad Felt or or Jason Mendelson from from the Foundry that they wrote the Bible. It's entitled Venture Deals, but they said that an interaction between a VC and a startup lasts usually longer than a classical U.S. marriage. (laughs) Some other thoughts on kind of the acceleration programs. I think, you know, a huge value that they bring is opening up amazing networks. And that includes investors, but not only investors, potential corporate clients, mentors, advisors, peers, potential employees, key employees, etc. So I think when choosing an accelerator program, I would advise the, the, the venture builders to, to the, the entrepreneurs to consider what is, what are their needs and what are their gaps in their network and how those accelerator programs can, can help them with plugging those gaps. I will use that as a, as a, as a, as a way of closing our discussion. So we've heard from very, very different perspectives and very different you know points of view as to as to how we 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 see the value of accelerators but i think christina's point at the end which is which kind of loops us back to the very starting point of, of how heterogeneous accelerator program offerings can be and, you know really really drives the point home so so when when we work with with founders and we work with startups and, and they want to apply to accelerator programs it, it's extremely important to, to 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 point them to what really adds value to what they need uh, which again may not be capital but usually it may involve an element of capital but may not just be that um, on, on, on that note, uh, I would like to thank everyone for joining me today. Uh, thank you for um, giving up an hour of your time for, for this chat. Hopefully it's been um, interesting. And once again, thank you very much, Christina Lisi from uh, the Royal Academy of Engineering, uh, leading the Shot Scale Up Accelerator, and Oliver Ratzep, who is the Head of Business Development at Accelerator Estonia, and Bartosz uh, Vavzinov, uh, Investment Manager at FMP Ventures over in Poland. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll speak again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Fabio. Bye. Take care, guys. Thank you very much for listening to part two of our exploration of accelerators from different angles. If you enjoyed the conversation, then please do follow our channel, Bringing New Ideas to Life, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. And also feel free to share with any of your connections who might find it interesting to listen to. If you have any questions that you'd like to submit to us or ideas for future discussions, do email us at ideaspod, that's all one word, ideaspod, at oxentia.com. Thanks very much. Bye for now.